In the name of God, the holy and undivided Trinity. Amen. The season after the epiphany of our Lord is one in which we consider our own calling against the backdrop of the call of those who've gone before us. God's call is accompanied by gifts that will be needed in order to be who we're called to be and to do what we're called to do. The life of those who are called is to be lived out in company of others who are also called. The church. Sometimes, as we see in the case of Jeremiah, Jesus, and St. Paul, the call is to deliver a message. And sometimes that message is one that people would rather not hear. You would think that a message of love would be one that everybody wants to hear. Think of how we like to exalt love. We like to talk about it. We like to sing about it. Of all the things God might want us to tell others about, and of all the things we might want to hear about, talk of love seems like the kind of message that ought to be universally welcomed. However, as we can see from the examples of the prophet Jeremiah, from Jesus, and from St. Paul in today's readings, you can get run out of town pretty fast for too much talk about love. Love divine. The Corinthians, for example, to whom Paul addressed two lengthy letters, were excessively impressed with the extraordinary gifts of the Holy Spirit. The expression of those gifts was causing some tension among them. And in the 13th chapter of his first letter to them, St. Paul says that the greatest of all the gifts and the one gift without which all the rest are clanging gongs and tinkling cymbals is the gift of love, love divine. He says that this kind of love is the surest sign of the work of God's spirit among God's people. It is a special kind of love, a self-giving, other-affirming, honest, just, authentic love. Unless our religious gifts, our alms, our knowledge, our good works, and all the rest are exercised in love, they have no real lasting value and they might as well be counted as nothing, says Paul. This kind of love is not sentimentality. It's not just being nice. It's not romantic. It's not emotion. It's not easy. It is grounded in a decision and its consistent expression is an act of the will for us just as it is for God. It is the love by which and for which God created the entire universe and the love that will in the end be victorious. It is tough and it is authentic. Many of us are in love with the idea of love. It's nice to talk about. People say, I love St. John's Church, and I know many do. Sadly, all too often what people mean when they say that is that they're in love with the idea of St. John's Church. 
People say, I love my neighbor. But then in an instant, they often reveal that they don't really, when the next sentence begins, but with the word, but. <laughs> or in the South, bless his heart. <laughs> Shortly after the release of the book, Castle in the Forest, I heard an interview with the author, Norman Mailer, on NPR. He described the book as about the intersection of good and evil, heaven and hell, an inferno of elements. The narrator in The Castle in the Forest is a devil, posing as one of Hitler's SS officers. And he writes years later about how he guided the early life of Adolf Hitler. The narrator rarely misses a boundary he doesn't break. And in the interview, Mailer spoke about his long-held belief that the best human possibilities lie extremely close to the worst. That really is the topic he wants to explore in this novel. And it's the topic most of us deal with in our day-to-day -day life. The best that is within us lies so very close to the worst. That's what often makes it so hard for us to determine what to do and so hard to choose to do the right thing. The witness of Jeremiah, the prophet, was to call forth the best from God's people by reminding them of God's covenant love. His message met with a great deal of rejection. The witness of Jesus and St. Paul was the same. The love of God is a love that pours itself out for the other, the beloved, without regard for a return on the investment. It is unconditional. It feeds the hungry, clothes the naked, shelters the homeless, forgives the offender, and enables us to live with ourselves as well as with others. It is willing to risk an entire relationship if that is what is necessary to speak the truth. And the first step toward giving this sort of love, love divine, is to experience it for ourselves to be brought face to face with the best and the worst that is in us in the presence of the lover of our souls. We may miss the point if we're too self-absorbed. There's a reservoir of love already standing there within us. Like the subject of a song about love that was popular years ago, we're looking for love in all the wrong places. It's not really that hard to find it. When we come to the time in our lives where we do see ourselves as we really are, a mixture of beauty and beast, our only salvation is in the realization that God too sees both sides of our nature and loves them both. God seeks the transformation of the lower, darker side and the exaltation and the maturity of the other. God's love for us is tough, authentic, just, and unquenchable.
the ultimate expression of God's universal love, is God's own self-sacrifice on the cross in the flesh. The ongoing expression of God's desire to love us is in this banquet, given so that we never forget to remember that we are loved along with all the rest of the universe. And it is the communion of those who are willing to be open to the giving and receiving of that divine, unconditional, inexhaustible love. Love divine in spirit and in truth, in word and in deed is God's message to us and our message to the world at our doorstep. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.